All right. How's everybody doing? <clears throat> it's really cold out here. Pray with me. Father, we just uh, come before you today. We ask for your blessing over the time here. We pray um, just over the, the message, over John. And we just pray that you would have your way, make our hearts open and available to hear your word and hear your voice. Hear what you think of us and your love for us. In your name we pray, amen. It's a treasure in the field You'd give anything to own It's the shepherd and his sheep He leaves the ninety-nine to find the one And it's the sower and the seed That falls on fertile soil or the lady after a long search When she finds that lost coin Oh, but it don't add up to some This kingdom start that over. The wind kind of messed me up. We're going to blame the wind. Yeah. Sometimes we just got to sit with it for a minute. I just feel something in my heart right now. I just want to just sit for a second. Lord Jesus, um, we just come before you again. Um, it seems like today has been a, a morning, I know for John, I don't know for me right now, that um, there's something that you want to say, there's something that you want to get through to us and through to your people that is being prevented somehow. So we just pray against any um, any hindrance today. God, we pray for your spirit, God, just to break through and for each heart to listen. Each heart just to be still for a minute, hear your voice. There's so many of us that come to a place like this and we... Um, we automatically feel a resistance. We automatically feel like we're not worthy. We feel like we don't we don't deserve to be loved or be cared for. God, we just um, we pray against those feelings today, and we just pray for freedom today to hear your spirit, to hear your words over us.
Well, it's a treasure in the field You'd give anything to own It's the shepherd and his sheep He leaves the ninety-nine to find the one and It's the sower and the seed that falls on fertile soil or the lady after a long search when she finds that lost coin oh but it don't add up to some this kingdom They were waiting on a king To rush in on a white horse Oh, and build an empire With the edge of his sword He showed up holding nothing but love To build a kingdom he said bones and hearts will still break Every time it'll be more than you can take But there's this joy that you just can't shake Once you find your home This kingdom There were nets left on shorelines Abandoned plow at mid-road Oh, the twelve that the world rejected Was the twelve that he chose But soon their crosses would line the roads To this king they see bones and hearts still break And there were times it was more than we could take But there was this joy that we just couldn't shake Once we found our home in this kingdom Without the king, all of the blessing, none of the suffering. But he who saves his life will lose it. Send the laying down that we find it in this kingdom. Times is more than we can take 
that we just can't shake as we sing and dance and celebrate for the grave that couldn't hold the king. John have it here um, just want to pray over you brother um, father we just pray um, over his words today God we just pray um, over his heart over John's heart we pray that you would speak God we just pray that each heart would draw in and listen and God we just um, lift this time up to you father we um, celebrate the fact that you um, have come and you've rescued us you've set us free um, you've made a way in your name we pray amen which mic this one let us get set up here Good to see you folks again. Um, I noticed, well, it's hard for me when I come here to not think about our brother Dwayne, who's no longer with us. Um, I miss Dwayne. Every time I've come and spoken, uh, he always had an encouraging word for me. Uh, always just a kind smile and a kind face. So um, I just miss him today, but I, I remember him every time I come up here. So uh, have we got anybody to pick up the trash like he did? Has that happened yet? All right, well, that's a challenge then for somebody to, to help help with the trash situation uh, like Dwayne did when he was here. Anyway, it's good to see you again. Each day is full of questions that we could ask. I could ask you questions about how you got here today. And most of you probably walked. I could ask you why you came here today. I could ask you about your family, friends, how you spend your time. You could ask me the exact same questions and we could basically have a conversation and get to know each other a little bit better. We ask questions to better understand people, our situation or circumstances that we're facing. But today's question comes from Jesus. Today's question comes from the Son of God, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Messenger that God put here, the God-Man, the Son of Man, the Son of God. So understand this, when Jesus asks a question, he is not asking the question to better understand you, because he already does. Jesus, rather, when he asks you a question, does so for you, to better understand yourself and what the intent of your heart is in the current moment. He wants you and me to better understand who he is and how valuable we are to him. I believe each person here today eventually asks himself or herself if they have any significance in the things that really matter. And if we're honest with ourselves, I think we all have to confess that we've done something 
to get his attention and show us that we're important to him. But that's often not what Jesus wants us to do something. He just wants us to know in our hearts that we're valuable, important, significant. And he invites us into a conversation with him. And he often does so by asking questions. So I'm just going to give you 10 questions, and we'll get down to one question today. There's over 100 questions that Jesus asked that are actually recorded in Scripture. Here's just 10 of them. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Why are you terrified? Why do you harbor evil thoughts? Why Do you believe I can do this? To what shall I compare this generation? Why did you doubt? Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Do you never read the Scriptures? Why do you ask me about what is good? But today we're going to look at what I believe is one of the most thought-provoking questions that Jesus ever asked. He asked this question two times in the same chapter in two different events that took place very close together. Now again, this is the Jesus that that did a lot of things that's posing the question. The question is this, what do you want me to do for you? That's the question that Jesus asked twice in the passage that we'll cover. What do you want me to do for you. Now, Jesus did some things in the moment of crisis for many people. He, I mean, he turned water into wine at the wedding. That was his first miracle. Over and over again, we see him healing people. We see him calming the weather. <laughs> we see him calming the sea. We, he heals people over and over again. He casts spirits, evil spirits out of people, the, the deaf and the mute. He is constantly performing Miracles. This is the Jesus that we're talking about. But again, the question is, what do you want me to do? Is the question he posed to three different people in two different situations on the same journey. He was going on his way to Jerusalem with these 12 guys that were in training. We call them disciples, followers of Jesus. They were on the way to Jerusalem for him to be crucified, even though they didn't know that. He was on the way to basically die for your sins and mine. So today the story is about a man named Bartimaeus, or blind Bartimaeus. It's found in Mark chapter 10. So let me start by reading it. It says, Then they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging, begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now the people around him, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he just shouted even louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. 
And so they called to the blind man, hey, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling to you. So throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. And Jesus looked and said, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Your faith has healed you, said Jesus. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. So here we see Jesus, a blind man from birth, who's completely dependent on whatever people give him as he sits by the city gate day after day, month after month, year after year, and decade after decade, begging for money and resources to live on. And so by the standards of the day, he, he was not a significant person. You could even say he was somewhat of a leech and a nuisance to those around him. So let me stop and ask you another question. Do you feel and believe that you are significant? Or do you feel and believe that you're a nuisance or a leech? Or maybe I could ask the same question from another angle. How often do you feel insignificant? I believe Bartimaeus felt and even accepted the fact to those around him he was pretty darn insignificant. But let me make this statement. Bartimaeus was an insignificant man who dared to believe that he was significant to Jesus. Let me say it again. Bartimaeus was an insignificant man who dared to believe that he was significant to Jesus. Now, this story is recorded in the other Gospels, but Mark tells this story a little differently. He actually sets this story up by first telling us of another story of two men also looking for significance. Earlier in this chapter of Mark, two of the disciples named James and John, also wanted to be significant. But they go searching for their importance in a completely different way than Bartimaeus did. You see, they had been following Jesus for three years, and they believed he was going to set up a kingdom here on earth. And so they wanted in on that action. And in an effort to to gain significance, they went to Jesus And this is the way the passage reads. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want us to do whatever you ask. And he said, what is it you want me to do for you? The same question he later asked Bartimaeus. They replied, let us, let one of us sit at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. In other words, after you set up kingdom, we want to be your your right hand, your left hand man. And Jesus basically said, guys, you have no idea what you're asking. So let's unpack this just a little bit. Basically, James and John come to Jesus and want him to say yes to a request before it's even asked. I mean, I don't know about you, that sounds a little manipulative to me. I mean, who wouldn't want God to tell us he'll give us whatever we want before we even pose the question to him? Now, before we think James and John might be pretty gutsy and possibly even stupid, let's put ourselves in their shoes. I mean, after all, they've been following Jesus around for three years, 
performing, watching him perform miracle after miracle, some of the ones I mentioned a few minutes ago. And they were even two of the 12 special people that Jesus chose to follow him around and even perform miracles themselves. So in some ways they felt significant, as they should, that Jesus had handed them, hand selected them for a special mission here on earth. And yet in this story they failed to see that their significance was not about being appointed to a certain position or mission to accomplish something for Jesus. It wasn't about working or performing their way into significance by the world standards. See, they really wouldn't understand how to find true significance until later. But let's look at Bartimaeus by contrast. Let's go back to some of the things we read about him earlier so that we can challenge our, ourselves about what it is Jesus wants to do for us. First of all, let's look at this. Let's look at the posture of humility that this blind man had. Let's notice the attitude in his heart, in his mind, of what he first said to Jesus upon knowing that he was close by. What did he say to Jesus when he knew that Jesus was in earshot? He said, Son of David, have mercy on me. As opposed to James and John who said, give us whatever we even ask. So I ask you today, what is the condition of your heart toward Jesus today? Do you see him as someone who needs to wave his magic wand to get out of whatever crisis or problem you may have today? Do you see him as the miracle worker that you should give whatever you want, that, that should give you whatever you want because you see what he's done for others and you're entitled to those miracles too? It's clear that Bartimaeus knew who Jesus was, God's chosen messenger to save the Israelites from themselves and from their sins. It's clear that Bartimaeus knew enough about Jesus that he could give him what he most needed, that being mercy. And so what is mercy? It is sparing ourselves from what we deserve for our selfishness and our rebellious hearts toward a loving and kind Heavenly Father. It's knowing that there's nothing in us that can get rid of the judgment we deserve for our selfish, sinful things. And so the first thing out of the mouth of Bartimaeus is not, Jesus, I need you to give me a bunch of money so that I don't have to keep bothering these people. It's not, Jesus, set me up with a nice home with furnishings so I can find, out, find rest and peace for myself away from all these city folks who really don't even like me anyway. It's not what he said. In fact, Jesus doesn't just call out to Jesus for mercy once, but twice after the crowd told him to be quiet. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I mean, this story kind of reminds me of a story that Jesus told earlier in his ministry about the Pharisee and the tax collector. It says, to some who were confident of their righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, one another a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I think you know, I'm not like these other people, the robbers, the evildoers, the adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. 
But the tax collector stood at a distance. He could not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So what I say to you, church at Southside, our greatest need is mercy. And I imagine some of you have asked God for mercy before. If you've never asked God for mercy, you can do so today. Now, what happened after blind, begging Bartimaeus called out a second time, more loudly than the first? What did Jesus do? He stopped walking. Folks, if you want the attention and really want him to listen to you, ask for that which he loves to give out of his unlimited spiritual bank. Ask him for mercy, and he will stop and hear you and listen. So after Jesus stopped walking, he told those around him, call him. And so they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling to you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet, came to Jesus, what is it you want me to do? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Bartimaeus received from Jesus what he wanted. And it might seem obvious to all of us that surely a blind man would want his eyesight. Makes sense, right? And what does the passage say that Bartimaeus did after his request? It says that he immediately received his fight, his sight, and followed Jesus along the road. So what's the important point here for me and you? Bartimaeus asked this. He asked for the most important thing that he needed that allowed him to follow Jesus. He didn't go and show off his new eyesight. He didn't draw attention to himself in any way. The scripture in the passage says he simply followed Jesus. So another question. <laughs> What is it between you and God that he alone can do for you that will allow you to follow him more closely? That, an that answer is going to be different for each person here. There is no one size fits all to get your miracle from Jesus. You certainly don't need to leave here thinking today, well, if I pray a prayer and ask for mercy, I'll get what I want from God. Well, maybe, maybe not. God knows your heart and your greatest need. So like Bartimaeus, your heart needs to understand who God is and what he's already done for you. And he has given the gift of mercy and forgiveness. And it is your heart's position before him today that's most important. And so in closing, let me say this. You are most significant to God. So much that he, being rich in mercy, gave you and me the most significant thing to him, his son, to bring us closer to him and to give us what we most need 
to follow him. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you pose questions to us that get us into our heart. And thank you for giving us what we most need. And that's a loving Father who always forgives, always extends a hand of mercy. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.